You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. You know, the most important thing to remember about carpet, no matter what anybody tells you, it's neither a car nor a pet. That and other deep thoughts coming your way. It's Monday night at 7 p.m. You're with us, and that can mean only that it is time for Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Holly Amos. Tonight we are covering the penultimate episode of Star Trek Picard Season 3, Vox. We're finally getting some answers to those burning questions like who or what is Jack? Finally. (laughs) When can you trust anybody under the age of 30, really? Uh, It's time for you to help us. Guys know what to do. You can comment in the chat, obviously, um, or you can give us a call, 669-968-33, or, uh, you know, the Zoom link on your smartphone, the one tap and all of that jazz. Uh, enter the meeting code and password and, that you see in the show notes, and then you'll all be in their that. whole green room. Yeah, you will. Holly, are you glad that I left the word penultimate in the script? Well, really? it's easier to pronounce because... Antipenultimate. It's a great word. It for me. Well, here's the thing is like, there's a lot of words in life that like you go, you like read. Yeah. And then like, you don't ever hear them said out loud and then you mispronounce it and people make fun of you. And <laughs> just the like, thing I that I, the thing that always drove me insane, it, it was like a three amigos kind of thing where people would hear the word penultimate and thought that it meant better than ultimate. So it was like in the three amigos when they think that infamous is better than famous. And then, yeah. and they just completely use the word wrong. Uh, yes. But yes, penultimate. <laughs> Antipenultimate, another great word. I'm glad that we have had this time together. So (laughs) welcome, everybody, to the show. Glad to have you here. While we are waiting for you to line up in the Earl Green Room, let's see who is with us tonight in the chat. Let me look over here off to the side. Okay, let's see. Scott Palm, glad to see you. James Kerwin. Hey, Kerwin. Good to see you, my friend. John Arminio, glad you're there. Sam Kitchen, Cosmo, Chris Riker, Dave Taylor, probably another Dave. Oh, yeah. Speak of the devil. Another Dave right there. Uh, Let's see. We got Mark. We got Alan. We got Heather. We got uh, Paul, probably another Paul in the offing, I am sure. There's Drew, Carlos, uh, Carlos, uh, who is finally in our discord glad to see you there jane uh also another patreon member a lot of patreon showing up tonight for us brandon dom so glad to see you oh by the way bob amos was in there but i think my feed refreshed so yeah always always sure shout out there. yes always a shout out to bob Chris Riker is also asking uh questions that i have answers to <laughs> okay all right i i'm already yeah you you keep those running because i'm getting a glimpse of these and there are some very good questions happening chris, right uh, chris Riker is asking can anyone confirm whether the computer was major from stock audio yes it is it is stock it is stock audio mm-hmm. uh it's actually from two different episodes that they spliced together uh the announcing of like the command of the ship being sent to Picard is from Chain of Command and that's when he got command back from Jellico. and then the first part of it where she says authorize, authorization acknowledge is from Starship Mine um, there we go perfect and by the way uh, uh, Chris also asked did Jordy rebuild Livingston uh, Kerwin <laughs> said too, too soon too soon and Kerwin I didn't even like, think about the fish yeah how did why did you not even think I don't the fish? I don't know why well maybe because we didn't see the the ready room 
Maybe. We, well, we only saw the turbo lift in the bridge. We haven't seen. I mean, I don't think they built yeah, the nobody, ready room yeah, or the observation thinks, lounge. Nobody thinks about poor Livingston. I By think the way, about just like Livingston the- all the time, but only in context <laughs> of the ready room. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, By the way, of course, we're both coming from uh, an expertly rebuilt Enterprise D bridge, just like to point out. Um, So, yeah, that it's 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 100 percent accurate. So I don't want to hear any guff from anybody. (laughs) All right, Holly, before we get into the show, uh, let's talk about what is coming up on Mission Log this week. So. Our coverage of Voyager continues Thursday with Alter Ego, the one where Harry Kim and Tuvok are in the awkward position of getting jealous over the same virtual woman. Holly, what else is happening in Mission Log land? Uh, Well, Mission Log the Orville and Mission Log Prodigy, they're both available as podcasts and videos. So if you want to catch up on recent episodes, uh, like Prodigy did a review of uh, our friend Rob Perlman's book, Supernova. But you can yeah. go to podcast.roddenberry.com. You click on the show of your choice and you can find the audio and feed as well as the YouTube channel for each show. The YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Roddenberry Entertainment. And then you can get all of our podcasts at podcast.roddenberry.com. That's what you do. Thank you so much for that. Okay. Without any further ado, because we, we got some great callers lined up already. Cannot wait to talk <laughs> to them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let us recap Picard Season 3, Episode 9, Vox. Deanna is walking Jack through his memories and encouraging him to look behind the mysterious door in his mind. He's scared, but she is so reassuring that she's right there with him, hand in hand, and will never abandon him no matter what. Nope, it's the Borg, guys. The Borg are behind the door. So Deanna gets the hell out of there and runs off to tattle to the others. First up, He's dangerous. He needs to be sequestered, kept an eye on whatever, because he has the ability to get into people's minds. It's a Borg thing, evolved as a bit of biological tech from back when Jean-Luc was assimilated. That eromotic syndrome the Admiral had? Not real. For him, at least. It was an anomaly, a symptom of whatever the Borg had done, and he passed that along to Jack. But now, Jack having been given the news, is more determined to get out of there, and he does so by stealing a shuttle, going off to find the Borg Queen on his own, because he thinks if he gets close enough, maybe he can take her out? Now, that is a futile mission, but all Beverly and Jean-Luc can do is watch as he flies away. Soon enough, he is pulled into a transwarp conduit, encountering a Borg cube where he is greeted by the Queen's voice, welcoming him home. And then because he can't bring himself to kill the Queen, Jack, so named Vox, is assimilated. Back on the Titan, this is the exposition you've been looking for. Jean-Luc was assimilated, of course, and his genetic code rewritten as a kind of super receiver by the Borg. That's when his original body, or that's why his original body was stolen from Daystrom. Meanwhile, Jack, being the chip off the old block that he is, grew up to be a kind of Borg transmitter, which is why he's bouncing around in people's heads. How? Well, they don't really know yet, since those people haven't been assimilated yet. In any case, the combo of changelings and Borg is a frightening prospect. Titan needs to get to Earth for Frontier Day right away where the entire fleet is assembled. And that fleet is getting underway with the ceremonies. 
Admiral Shelby takes the Enterprise F out for a spin while addressing those assembled. Data, Jordy, and Beverly have been making progress along the way, getting at the heart of a terrible revelation. The changelings have been infiltrating Starfleet with the purpose of inserting transporter code based on Picard's DNA. That part of him that was biologically still Borg, well, now it's in anyone who has been using a transporter. As Titan finally gets in range, Picard makes a last desperate plea to Shelby to stop whatever she's doing, but communications are cut off and it's too late. All ship systems are taken over by the Borg formation code, stripping away any individual control. Seven is in pain as her Borg implants react, but it's the youngest of the crew who are most severely affected. The transporter code that was implanted into them is most effective in a species before they reach full development. Humans under 25, like Mura and LaForge on Titan's bridge, are answering to the Queen now, not Captain Shaw. The older members of the crew might be safe, except for people like Shelby, who get shot with phaser fire by her own assimilated crew. It is chaos. The whole of Starfleet have been assimilated, and the younger of the crew turn on the older, unassimilated, to eliminate them. Titan's literally senior staff and special guest managed to get out of the way and hearing a last message from Excelsior broadcast on a maintenance channel before she's destroyed by the Borg, that gives Shaw an idea. Those who are not assimilated will meet on the unoccupied maintenance level and try to escape in a shuttle that way. They fight their way out as more assimilated crew approach, but there is one casualty, Captain Shaw, who in his dying breast turns command over to his number one, Seven of Nine. She and Raffi, attending to him and holding off the Borg, stay behind. The assimilated fleet turns its attention on destroying space dock and Earth defenses as the escape shuttle makes its way to a place Jordy knows so well, the Fleet Museum. There, he has a ship, an older ship, analog, that isn't connected to the broader network. It's the Enterprise-D salvaged from Viridian 3 with some bits of the USS Syracuse thrown in. On board the last operational Starfleet ship not connected to the network, Jean-Luc Picard takes command and asks his friends if they are willing to take a mission with him once again. They remind him that their families are affected by the latest threat, and they too, assembled here, are family. They're all in it together. The word is given, and with an engage, the Enterprise-D fires at, flies at maximum warp toward Earth. The end. What? <laughs> what? Oh, did, no! I I didn't intend to make you cry, Holly. You know that <laughs> I you're just was crying like seventy five percent of the time this episode was on. I Were was you really? Like, did it, yes. it pulled at you that strongly? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, like yeah. Shelby coming up, I was like, ah, because I've always wanted to know. Like, you know, she was in some of the books, but yeah. I've always wanted to know what happened to her, and she finally gets uh, like her official name in this, uh, yes. Elizabeth, which was her name in the New Frontier books, presumably after the actress, but that's now canon. Yay. So I cried when she came on. Well, I'll be, like, I got a, like a scary cry when it was revealed the Borg. So like, and then I was crying from then on, like over something. Okay. 
Well, anybody who has not seen it, if you don't follow Holly on Twitter, you did post clips of your reaction video and uh, <laughs> there's some really golden stuff so I'm gonna, I'm yes. gonna, I'm, i gotta i gotta tweet a few more i just have to isolate them out of this 40 minute video <laughs> 40 yeah, plus so. but the the one that i tweeted was me mentioning the carpet right before picard mentions it which was a complete coincidence <laughs> um yeah yeah, uh, some great stuff in here for sure. And and I will admit, like, because I'm ready to get into the calls, definitely there's so much. Earl said the green room is definitely Hollywood Squares tonight. So glad to see that. And uh, we do have some great calls lined up. I, I got to admit, you know, it, it, this series has been doing this thing to me where I watch it once and I feel very cynical and very turned off from the whole thing. I watch it again and I do soften up. There are things here where I still need to put on my critical hat, uh, different from the writer's hat, but it, it is the critic hat and say, okay, like, a- am I being played? Are my reactions genuine or are these reactions that I am supposed to have? Mm-hmm. So I keep second guessing, uh, but I can't wait to find out if our audience is on the same journey here with us in their uh, critique of the show. So let's go ahead and welcome our first caller tonight, and that would be Brandon. We're Brandon all on the all, bridge. We also from the Enterprise D. Yeah. Incredible. We're all on the bridge, <laughs> just from different perspectives. They're all, and here's the thing, it's such a good job. You can't tell them apart. You can't, it, it's it's impossible to tell because they're made within like a millimeter's tolerance of each other. So Brandon, what's on your mind tonight? Hey guys, well, I'm thrilled to be here to discuss this week's episode of Battle Star Trek Galactic Card. Um, <laughs> bravo, my because, friend, bravo. Um, I uh, after this episode, I I sort of said to my wife, "Okay, so you haven't seen Battle Star Galactica? Well, now you have, but um, uh, I I man." Well, first, I'll start off by saying, um, Holly, you, you mentioned Shelby, and I was like, here's our next Star Trek Picard member dead. Member Shelly, she's dead. Um, mm. As soon as I saw her, I was like, that's too bad that they're going to kill <laughs> Shelly. And I, I swear to God, that is exactly what I said. I was like, oh, she's dead. I just wonder how she's going to die. Like, are they going to blow up the Enterprise F in the same episode they showed it? To- okay, no, she's just going to get shot. Yeah. Um, mm. But I just... <laughs> I feel like I had this moment where we had we had paused. I'd accidentally backed the video up a little bit, and we we'd paused at that last shot of them on the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at that, and I said, "I feel like this crew, these actors, deserve better." Mm-hmm. Um, Norm said before that he he doesn't envy the writers of new Star Trek, right? Because they have to meet everybody's expectations. I want something right. that's old but yeah. also new. Um, but trying new things isn't what made this not work for me. It's that as I wrote out the story beats for this episode, there wasn't one that didn't feel completely recycled so much so that the tires were bald on it. Sure. They've changed some of the adjectives and some of the nouns, you know, it's the Borg broadcasting a signal to young officers through Jack instead of the living weapon, broadcasting a signal to other ships through comms. Mm -hmm. It's a Borg implanting things in the brains of young people who stop making the, who make the ships not work instead of the Cylons doing that. You know, I said there literally it was by Ronald D Moore. Like he guys pretty connected to star Trek. Um, it's not just that people predicted things like the Borg being involved or Shaw's death and somebody else is going to talk about that. 
it's that people predicted them and then said, but I really hope that's not what happens. That would be like Um, the worst way for that to unfold. And every single time that's been what it was. And it requires our main characters to be idiots. I mean, (laughs) last episode we saw Jack control people and then they were like, all right, now let's go give him some news. That's, definitely going to piss him off and we'll just send <laughs> two security guards you know exactly like the person that he took over in the last episode and that'll be right. enough right and we'll leave the car unlocked again with the keys in it so he can steal the shuttlecraft and fly away sure, that's what you do and yeah. then jack takes his dumb dumb pills and says i definitely am going to be able to outfox and defeat the woman who literally is in my brain <laughs> yeah I, and i'm just and who his father just told him, like, you have no idea. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to, okay, all of the young crew are infected with this thing. Oh, my God, let's do nothing about it on our own ship. And we'll just hurtle towards where the other ships are going to be um, all, like, interconnected. And our plan is just go there. And, and that'll work, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm just watching this, and I, mm, mm. No, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and that's sort of, well, it's sort of the problem with the way that we do mission log is you're always kind of second guessing. And I'm asking myself, okay, are, are these beats things that were contrived because it made the most sense for the story they wanted to tell? Or was it because they were trying to reach a certain moment that they thought had an emotional beat that they couldn't live without? And that, that kind of, like, look, there's no one right way or wrong way to do it. And I'm sure it's a combination of all of the above. Um, but I felt like I could sort of sniff those things out. And yeah, whenever you have to make a character make the worst possible choice, <laughs> you know, yeah. even, even with the cliffhanger, like I, I, I was sort of torn on the cliffhanger aspect of it. I was glad that in, it, I was glad that it was kind of a classic cliffhanger in the respect of, our characters are in one place. They are now heading into the place where the action will happen. They're now heading into, you know, the, the worst possible place they could go. What will happen next? It's like the old, you know, it's like the scene of the, the stagecoach at the end edge of the cliff. Like what will happen in the next episode? Will it fall off the cliff? As opposed to what we get a lot of, which instead of a cliffhanger is more of just like, here's the next mystery we're dangling in front of you. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned next week where we still won't answer that, you know, I mean, that did that yeah. got a little bit old for me, even at the beginning yeah. of this episode where, you know, they're cutting away from Troy and Troy's like pulling herself back. And then she like walks into the room. And they're like, what happened? And there's just all and, like my reaction to that was I have that right. video, too, that maybe I'll yeah, post yeah. I was like, can I just can you just show us already? I just yeah. need to know. Yeah. Yeah, And then it was, I mean, it was a little bit disappointing that it was the Borg from the standpoint of, I feel like a lot of people already said that that's like, like you said, Brandon, that people were like, oh, it's probably the Borg and that would not be great because we've already explored the Borg so much, but they're also still, in my opinion, the scariest adversary and all of the new stuff that they were, I mean, being able to assimilate people through the transporters is horrifying. Mm-hmm. 
It so, sure like is. that they're adding things to the board that I'm almost 37 years old. And I'm like, that's the scariest thing I think I've ever heard in my life. I, I do like that this series has raised the stakes. It's like if you're going to bring back all these classic villains, you do have to change up how they look, how they act and what they can do. So that's cool to have. OK, we have changelings, but now there's something different about them that they don't even fully understand, but they're certainly taking advantage of it. And with the Borg, I, like, I think that's a pretty cool contrivance that there is a a piece of them that never really lets go. Like we see that physically with Seven of Nine and even with Jean-Luc, we think like, oh, okay, well, he's definitely not Locutus anymore, but it's a nice tie back to even first contact. He's still haunted by those voices, you know? So I, uh, like, I definitely want to give this show the benefit of the doubt in that respect. How do you make it the same, but also different to try to thread that needle for a bunch of very picky Star Trek fans like ourselves, <laughs> you know? Um, but at the end of the day, I'm always going to ask myself, okay, but what's the point? What is the story that you felt like you had to tell here with these characters, not just the beats you had to get to. And I feel like, I feel like that's what's, what's missing. And I mean, I think that they did some really cool stuff with the Borg in season one, the whole thing with Mm -hmm. the artifact and the idea that here's this galaxy Mm -hmm. post Borg destruction. And these ships are just floating lifeless and empty, but still terrifying. Um, And, and it's like this haunted mansion of the people are going through and trying to figure out what can we learn? I would have even been like, okay, so the changelings took some of that and did some cool stuff with that. And it's evil and nefarious that they're doing this. And ooh, and that still would get that sort of scary, but still be new and interesting. I just, it's that it feels that we've, it's, we've been here, but we've been here before. And we've been here before in this series. We've been here before in, in Star Trek and, and we've been here this, this year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think there's always there. There's always like two things that I'm wondering about as I'm wa- nostalgia heavy stuff. I, I don't want it to feel like, and I I kind of feel like this is what they did, that they came up with the ending and then had to work backwards mm-hmm. to come up with the story mm-hmm. to get to it. Which, listen, I'm not a writer. I don't claim to be a writer. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I it becomes obvious at some point where they were, where they work backwards. The other thing about nostalgia heavy stuff is that I'm always asking myself whether or not it feels um, like genuine and organic. And I mm-hmm. feel like given the rest of the storyline, the enterprise D coming out in at the end does feel organic, but then I get into a headspace where I'm like, this is what they wanted. This was the end game. And they worked the story backwards from yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can tell because they built the the TV show bridge instead of the last kind of Enterprise D bridge that we saw. Um, yeah. So, I mean, well, you could say Jordy just felt nostalgic, so he did a remodel. Yeah, I mean, I, I will give it to them for that. Like, if the Enterprise D was badly damaged enough, sure. like any historic thing that is restored, you got to pick... Right. to which point yeah. you're restoring it. So I like I can kind of give them that. By the way, uh, just to acknowledge, uh, Kerwin here in the chat said uh, they built an analog ship in the 24th century. And, you know, to me, to me, I'm picturing, you know, <laughs> Jules Verne style, uh, everything running off uh, gears and mechanics. My question was like, and obviously they mean that it's something that is not connected to this greater network, which somehow means that like Bluetooth didn't make it 
during that period of the 24th century during construction of the Enterprise D. So kind of a, an interesting choice. You, you would think that they would all be pretty thoroughly networked at that point. Um, My mom is asking if the Boar Queen is Agnes from last season. <laughs> see, well, okay, and look, and let's see. Here's and that would have made sense, but it's it's Alice's voice. So Yeah, and here's another mystery reveal that, okay, it's the Borg Queen, but we never see the face of the Borg Queen in this episode. So that's Not another yet. thing you have to wait to see in the next episode. Somehow I, the Borg I Queen returned. I- I actually, yes, yes. I actually didn't think of of Agnes. I actually like my brain for some reason went to Annie, and but and oh, then I was like, oh no, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't, it can't be Annie. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Brandon, we got a ton of callers sure. lined up, and uh, any final thought here before we jump over to Chris, who is next? Yeah, I'll be real quick and just say that at least there's a new good thing for people over 25. You know, you sort of run out of things to be excited about. Now you can rent a car, your insurance is cheaper, and you can't get transporter assimilated. You can also run for president. That's the best thing. All of that is great. Yeah. Yes. All right. Brandon, thanks so much. Take care and have a good night. Take care, guys. All right. Let's welcome Chris to the show. Chris, how's it going? Also hanging out there with the Enterprise D. How are you tonight? Doing good, hanging out with the D. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think this episode, I think it's really like a really good litmus test for season three as a whole. Like your reaction to this is like that tells you what you think about season three as a whole. And basically, it comes down to does the good like character moments with the TNG stuff outweigh the way they have sort of wasted or misused everyone else? <laughs> and yeah. for me, it's like. 70-30. Like, I like the TNG folks, but yeah. I also would have liked the other folks to have done something more. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, look, I, I don't want to spoil a conversation that I know that Norman and I will have in a couple of weeks when we come back into a season recap, but it really comes down to that. It's like, for people who have been critical of the show for the story that it's trying to tell versus people who are perfectly willing to say, like, I don't care about the missteps. I just care about seeing that cast on that bridge. And if that is the thing that tips the scales for you and it it totally fulfills what you need out of the show, good. I like, I hope that 10 hours is worth it, <laughs> you know, in that respect. Uh, but I think that's a, a deeper thing that we'll get into in a couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, so stay tuned for that as well. Awesome. Yeah, I don't I don't want to step on anybody's toes because I know we got a lot of people on the back, but I do have a very, very Please. important quibble. Um, so on the title card, this week is Vox. On the title card, the O has a little tilde. Um, as a Latin minor, yeah. we don't have tildes in Latin. That's not oh. a thing. <laughs> like, yes, I like you could say that Latin, right, incoming. You could say that they were trying to denote the fact that the O is long because it's followed by an X, because X is, it, that's a rule. Uh, yeah. But we don't have tildes. It would have just been a bar. Um, so oh. that was that was my my Latin minor coming out. I was like, that, we don't have tildes. What are you doing? That um, seems like the thing that would, get, uh, that would get checked out by another set of eyes before they commit to a title. Yeah, and I thought I saw, Ker- I think it was Kerwin, saying yeah. that there was an Enterprise episode that was Vox without a diacritic and that they needed yes. diacritic for SAG, whatever. But again, I'm like, don't uh, use a uh, tilde. They don't have Yeah, tilde. no, no, no. <laughs> pick, a oh. pick, pick a bar. Like, it's yeah. just a straight line in Latin. is like a regular straight line and not yeah. a, 
occurred. Well, the the Enterprise ep- episode was Voxola, and it doesn't it doesn't have that. By the way, this is the sixteenth Star Trek episode. Its title is in Latin. Fun fact. Interesting. Latin and Shakespeare, the go to. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Chris, uh, excellent comments, and uh, thank you very much for joining us tonight. And any final thought before you? Uh, 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 before you. God, I hope they stick to landing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's honestly what it comes down to, and and that's so interesting because we'll, you know, we'll of course have to look back at the entire season and look at the story as a whole as it is with these heavily serialized shows. I mean, this is kind of the way it is, right? All right, man. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, we will see you very soon again, I hope. All right. See you around, man. Bye. All right. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Kerwin saying in the chat here, uh, the Tilda drove me crazy. And, and I wonder, is that in uh Vanilla Sky or in uh, Constantine, you know, you can let us know. It's a little Tilda Swinton joke for everybody. Sorry, I'll I'll see myself out. Uh, let's go to John Arminio. He'll definitely raise the caliber of conversation here. Ooh. How's it going? I'm, I'm doing all right. How about yourself, John? I'm doing okay tonight. Thanks. And uh, what is on your mind tonight? Uh, um, A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of real convenient plotting going on with like hey the whole fleet is now networked and coinky dink the big twist is that the borg is is arriving <laughs> who who could see that coming yeah now? wow amazing <laughs> um so uh, can we talk about best counseling practices oh please <laughs> for a second yes um yes. so troy has been a counselor for going on 40 years and when a patient reveals something that he's been keeping secret, his, you know, base trauma, mm-hmm. it's revealed to her and she immediately goes to, runs from the room and goes to the patient's dad and says, your kid is messed up. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think maybe the whole killing spree could have been avoided maybe if if um the most empathetic character in that whole cast like did the thing that her species does which is show empathy empathy <laughs> right yeah and, and i guess you know i think a few weeks ago i was hoping that we got some good scenes with marina Sirtis acting you know being able to sink her teeth into Troy the way that Jonathan Frakes was able to sink his teeth into Riker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was the opportunity for the writers to do that, especially with, you know, how sort of wonky Troy was written on TNG. And it just felt like the the sh- the writing failed the character in, in that moment uh, for yeah. the conveniences of the plot. And I, I think that that speaks to a weakness with serialized television as a whole. All right. We get, we have to get to the twist yeah. to reveal what, what, what Jack is. Um, and, and there's so much about this series that I like, but it just seems to be getting in its own way uh, over and over again. 
I, you, you're definitely striking a chord here in the chat. Jane says Starfleet Mental Health Services apparently is taken over by some alien entity. And then uh, Brandon saying there really, as far as privacy goes, there really isn't any. Yeah, no privacy ever. And it, and that has been kind of a familiar thing that we talk about on Mission Log. It's like, well, but- and well, well, I mean, look, the, anytime somebody walks into a room and says, computer, play so-and-so's personal log. Like, oh, that's uh, that's fair. I was going to yeah. talk about. I mean, th- to be fair, like Counselor Troy from the state, like a lot of stuff that we see that she's that she goes and tells people about, which under normal circumstances, like that's supposed to be confidential because you are technically like you fall under the guise of a doctor and like mm-hmm. you're not supposed to like HIPAA, like you're not supposed to unless they're like a danger to themselves or in this case, the universe is going to get destroyed. So we're we're always seeing things at like really high stakes. Yeah, yeah. Is the I mean, problem? And, <laughs> so. and to be fair, yeah. To be fair, like uh, Dom in the chat here is saying this is an active threat situation. So I, I get it, but it, it is a right. We're dramatic, not seeing we're yeah. not seeing like mundane conversations in any of the episodes where you know it's not something that's threatening the universe because that's not what the show is. So. Carlos, Carlos is Beverly kept a secret for 25 years. Deanna, 25 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Well played. Yeah. And I guess, you know, that that is something that maybe if Beverly was more honest with John Luke about that, he had a son, maybe there could have been, we could have cut this off. Right. You know, in in puberty or, or something. I I don't know. So yeah, it, it just feels like our, the, the writing room at the beginning of the season was like, all right, how are we going to get everybody on the enterprise D again? Yeah. That's the and, working yeah. backwards. And that's that was, the end game. And they yeah. write, they write it backwards. Right. And, <laughs> and I, I see these actors just like hit the, their stride so perfectly. Like it seems like, you know, mm-hmm. give LeVar Burton, a uh, second and a half of screen time, and he'll just make me want to cry. Yeah, you know, no matter what he's doing. Um, but when it's in the service of trying to make me surprised that the Borg is going to show up, like it's just, um, it it feels like they're not taking our intelligence seriously, and and are just sort of leaning back on old tropes. Well, over and, and over again, and I—I I, I mean, I like you said. I know it's not easy to write new Star Trek. Yeah, and here's the thing: I I fully agree with the premise of what you're saying. As you're saying it, I'm thinking about all the other times in Star Trek up to this point hmm. where you or I or or anybody else in this fandom has a conversation where it's not the big plot points that we talk about as being. Uh, the memorable moment, but it is these small character moments. And I feel like in this, where you've got 10 hours to tell a single story where these things do get stretched out. Okay. What am I going to walk away with? I I may be a lot less impressed with the reveal of the Borg, but as you're saying this, you're talking about how great LeVar's performance is. And one of my notes is just saying these little scenes of Jordy and data just being just being in a room working on a problem like those are gold those are so good and and you can only earn so many of them in a show because you do have to tell the story you do have to make the plot move along i love uh 
seven, <laughs> seven saying about data, the robot's right. And then his reaction <laughs> to that line, just absolute gold. Like those are the things that I will remember a year from now or five years from now or whatever yeah. was how good that chemistry was. So, uh, but the, the difficulty is then, yeah, we've got 10 hours to tell a single story with a single arc and it, it, it can wear on you. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but And I think that, you know, coming so soon after something like strange in a world where it seemed like we got those character beats much mm-hmm. more common just because of the way that the show is, is structured. Right. You know, and, and we certainly like, you know, when, when Shaw is giving his, his history with Picard and, and the Borg and, and, you know, how he's just as, from Chicago and, and, and all that <laughs> all stuff. Right. Um, we certainly got that. Um, but with how heavily serialized Picard has been season to season, we just don't get enough of those moments. And I, I do feel that this season is stronger overall over the, the previous ones. Yeah, agreed. But it, I, I think for me personally, it's a little bit of cognitive dissonance because there, there was a lot of Sturm and Drang going on in the Earl Green Room. Uh, <laughs> some not safe for work conversations. Yeah, but a lot of like my Trek fans who aren't involved in Mission Log are like, "Oh, this is the best Star Trek has been in thirty years." And right, uh, like yeah. I, I, I cried ten times in this episode, and and I'm, yeah, I'm like, I, I can't find. <laughs> <laughs> much to get emotional about either way like mm. that emotional about it. like like you said there are like little bits of true like character beats that, that get at me but you know when when we ha- got can... at me when his when yes. his kids were assimilated too yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh wonderful moment yeah yeah well, not but, wonderful. That's the wrong word, John. No, no, a, a wonderful acting moment. <laughs> yeah, Holly. <laughs> but it was horrible. When I, uh, yes, when I see like you know my childhood heroes blatantly sitting down on the and the the for some reason reengineered Enterprise D again, I'm like, mm-hmm. he, like you haven't yeah. earned my ch- childhood awe. Right. Yes. Well, that, that's just it because we, we're playing that home game, and I'm I'm trying to separate myself enough yeah. to go like, oh, okay, do these moments feel natural? Like all the actors play the moment so yeah. well. But here's the thing: we just had a scene an episode before where you get them all around a conference table, and they have to acknowledge it. And that, mm-hmm. and and part of me, like I get it. It's probably a natural reaction, but it is also a manufactured reaction for TV. Wow, look at a, us all here. We're all hanging out, and boy, it's been a long time. And then we do it again when we get on the bridge. Um, so it, yeah. sometimes it's like tipping that hand a little heavily. But I, I will say again what I said at the top of the show, which is um, watching it through the first time when all of this was fresh. I had a harder time reconciling all of that, putting it together. This is one of those opportunities where when you know what's coming, or at least when I do in my rewatch, when I know what's coming, I kind of sit back and just let it happen a little better because I'm not waiting for the surprise anymore. Yeah. So I was a little more engaged in the, the action of the scene, you know, but um, John, I can do this with you all night. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to sometime, sure. uh, but we will move on so we can 
do a little bit of business and uh, take on some more calls. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Hope we see you you again soon. All right. Take Take care. care. All right. So a little bit of business, as I said, and here we are uh, just a little past the bottom of the hour. So we have to give a shout out to our friends over at Star Trek Wines. Of course, you know about Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Picard having Chateau Picard because, of course. Yeah, thank you. Because (laughs) those wine bottles used on the set are what they made at Chateau Picard, what Star Trek wines made for us. And they have filled those bottles with the actual wine from the actual Chateau Picard in France. So I, I love the meta level of it being the real deal and being the real deal. This is a good time to be a Star Trek fan and collector because you're getting a thing that is high quality that you can put on a shelf that you can enjoy for yourself share with friends and it it is on set accurate holly which of the wines have you tried i I know that you said you've had chateau picard i've tried i've tried all of them i actually (laughs) hell yeah i have (laughs) (laughs) i haven't i've only owned the 22 21 Mm. but i've i've tried all of them and i was i'm always a little bit trepidatious about like licensed of course like that it's your world yeah (laughs) Yeah. well you know in the in the past we've not had the most fantastic ones there were some that came out of star trek the experience that felt a a little Mm. bit slapped together i agree with that (laughs) this is not that yeah one (laughs) that's because uh, it's coming from the real the real deal Exactly. One of the things that I really like about that 2221, oh, wait, no, uh, I believe it's on the 2401, has the silicone top that looks like the dipped wax, the Mm -hmm. the black wax top uh, dripped. And the fact that it's in silicone so you can reuse it and it looks perfect, it's so great. Like those little details are amazing. Now, our friends at Star Trek Wines have done us all a solid. The uh, medallion, the United Federation of Planets medallion. If you go to the site, StarTrekWines.com, and you add that medallion to your cart, then you use our checkout code Roddenberry. You get the medallion for free, and then you can do whatever you want to with it. Some people put it on like coffee mugs. They put it on bowls. They put it all kinds of stuff. You can kind of shape it a little bit to fit where you want, but you can get that for free by using our code Roddenberry at checkout. So get yourself or a friend a nice bottle of wine, get that medallion for yourself for free and enjoy. Tell them that we sent you. Visit StarTrekWines.com today for limited edition Chateau Picard, Klingon Blood Wine, Canard, and many, many more. Use our special code Roddenberry at StarTrekWines.com at your checkout for an exclusive United Federation of Planets medallion for free that is the word yeah i'm gonna get that free. i'm gonna get the white and the rosé for summer oh do it the, the that's Ryzen. what i decided yeah those bottles are gorgeous yes they're beautiful they i saw so... them in your office and was like yeah, <laughs> yeah i have exactly. to buy those too and then and you'll reuse those bottles i'm sure because yeah. they have the, the vino stopper yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> putting white wine get your cheap stuff yeah <laughs> All right. Well, let us welcome our next caller. And that is uh, from the Enterprise D Bridge. It's Cosmo. Uh, Welcome, Cosmo. How are you doing tonight? Good. Um, What's on the chair, though? That is a lionfish from the Ready Room. That's what I was like. Is that Livingston? It's Livingston. Just hanging out, taking over for Deanna. Position of power. uh, Yeah. We haven't seen the Ready Room yet. I'm hoping Jordy, when he uh, restored the Enterprise D 
also got Livingston's home back. Um, I was hoping he was behind the red door and he was bitter that Picard got his stupid photo album and then uh, yes. left him there. And so he was the mastermind behind the changelings, but oh well. That's the story I want to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been interesting hearing uh, other callers' opinions. And in my Star Trek Twitterverse, it was all very, very positive and uh, a little bit of hyperbole saying it's the best episode of Star Trek ever. Uh, but I haven't encountered much negativity. And so it's been uh, nice to hear some uh, different takes on it. I must be just a pretty simple guy. And the the member berries worked on me really well. And it worked on me too. Throughout the episode, uh, I, I was disappointed that it was the Borg. And um, I had several plot issues. But once that last 10 minutes hit, it washed everything away. And I didn't care. I just, <laughs> I was, I was emotional. I was welling up when Major Barrett's voice that, that pushed me over the top and actual tears came on. Oh. Um, and it, that all worked for me. And I, I know it's fan service, but for me it worked. And I, I know they worked backwards in the script to how do we get to this point, but it hit me in the heart and I didn't care. I, I'm willing to forgive all the, uh, the plot <laughs> issues and, um, I was afraid as it was going on that as soon as they opened up Bay 12, that was when the episode was going to end. And I was so Uh, glad that it gave us that whole 10 minutes and I was just bathing in it. And I I think I watched it that last 10 minutes, five times uh, Thursday and Friday. And look, I, I I, got to hand it to him because I I have said before on mission log that the enterprise D is not my favorite enterprise. It is not my favorite ship. I I know that is a shame. We can talk about that later. I know you love the D, Um, (laughs) but uh, I, I loved the way this model looked. I love the way this CG model looked. I thought it was stunning. It was absolutely beautiful. And I really like, look, it might have been a bit heavy handed shooting on the bridge the way they did, but that space looks better when it is colored a bit more with light. And we made a point of uh, talking about that in our coverage of uh, Generations, because I and the name of the DP is. I, I not on the top of my head, but it was the same person who shot Chinatown and that movie is painted with light in this beautiful way. And I thought they brought a bit of that back here. So if I'm seeing it, at least I got to see it with somewhat fresh eyes and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not immune to the emotion of nostalgia that was there. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm glad it hit you the way that it did for sure. Yeah, John, and, and the D have, is my my favorite ship. So yeah, and yeah, the, the uh, oh, I know that. Yeah. Every single sound effect was accurate. The, the warp noise is yes. very distinctly yeah. yes. So just every single thing was nailed. And um, I want to hear a shuttle bay open. That's my favorite. That's my favorite sound. There you yeah. go, John. Do you um, have a favorite ship? Oh yeah, uh, the refit. Yeah, refit Enterprise for sure. By the way, and and I gladly I'm taking the heat in the chat. Uh, Let's see, (laughs) Scott, Scott Palm, bad, John, bad. (laughs) And then Paul Wright, you're wrong, John Champion. So this is great. Uh, Yes, we we could definitely have that cover. And then an oh, happy belated. Uh, So, yes, uh, it's a little little good to balance out the bad. 
Yeah. One thing that irked me upon a, a second viewing of it the last 10 minutes was Picard orders Data to set course and engage, even though he's in the ops chair and Jordy is at NAV and he's used pilot. to the ship. So oh, I was like, why? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but again, I didn't care because we heard Major Barrett's voice. And, sure. you know, sure. right before that happened, I was thinking to myself, oh, they should have Major. And then it happened. Um, yeah. And my hope for next week, you know, they've dug themselves such a big hole. Like, how on earth is one ship going to defeat this? I hope it's not an Independence Day slash Avengers type thing where you defeat the central thing and all the other drones go away and all the people get ah. unboarded. But I hope oh. it's not that. Oh, um, oh no. Okay. I, I hope Picard uh, doesn't uh, give a speech about the power of love to Jack and then Jack chooses love and then he's the one that saves the day. Um, but I, I really have no idea where it's going to go. Um, I have no idea either. I just want Jordy to have his girls back. I feel really bad. Yep. Yeah. And, and I want uh, Riker and Troy to survive and uh, move off of Nepenthe and uh, go have fun. Um, and, and you mentioned Agnes earlier. And I, it's so bizarre that season two ended with the Agnes Borg, friendly Borg, standing by at that spatial anomaly where there's a big threat. And, yeah. and now we've got this stuff going on. And I, I don't know if she's going to come in and save the day, but that that's just weird yeah. that that was how season two ended and now we're here yeah and, and especially to get that line now of course beverly has been in other places but for her to say mm-hmm. we haven't had an encounter with the borg in a decade and i'm correct like, did you watch the last two seasons because <laughs> they were there cosmo uh we're gonna say goodbye because we've got a fabulous lineup of callers tonight so many people we're gonna run a little bit late uh apologies but i Really can't wait to hear from everybody. So thank you, my friend, for your call. We'll see you soon. Uh, By the way, this is a great rhetorical question thrown out there, uh, which we will dare not answer here live. We may have to think about it a bit. Kerwin in the chat. So when doing member berries, is it better to go the Picard season three route or the Strange New World season one finale route recasting and changing things? Hmm, that is one to ponder, and I look forward to seeing what people post and reply to that in the chat. Uh, so let us go to our next caller, and that is Alan. By the way, I listened to last week's Mission Log Live. Of course, you, sir. Bravo. Bravo. Oh, Bravo. Well done. You oh, did John. voices. You did. It was a whole thing. Well done, man. There, what can- there, there may be more. Oh dear. Ah! <laughs> oh dear. Just wait. I, I, I wasn't going to force you into it, but uh, I guess I guess that's what, wait more tonight or more next week. More tonight. Right now. Okay, wait. let's do it. Let's as, do it. Here as we soon go. As possible, ladies uh, and gentlemen. <laughs> yep. Well, sometimes in mission log, we uh, we try to fix things by putting on the writing hat. Well, tonight I'm putting on the singing hat. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is uh, for our dearly departed friend, Captain Liam Shaw. Everyone considered him the coward of the Starfleet. He never gave one order to prove that they were wrong. His mama named him Liam, just a from Chicago. But something in the plot line said we're reading Liam wrong. There's a ship for everyone. And Liam's was the Titan, 
In that chair, he didn't have to prove he was a man. One day the Borg returned, and they came assimilating. They took over the Titan, while the TNG crew ran. (laughs) Promise me, Shaw, run your ship without a flaw. Just warp away from trouble if you can. It won't mean that you're uncool if you follow every rule. I hope you've served enough to understand. You don't have to fight for your command. Key change. (laughs) But 30 years of running was bottled up inside him. Didn't hold his phaser back. He let them have it all. When Liam hit the floor, not a Borg drone was left standing. He said, now go Picard, as he watched the last one fall. And I heard him say, I promised Starfleet I'd keep my ship real neat. I'd warp away from trouble if I can. But there's nothing else to do when the Borg mutates your crew. Now, Seven, I hope you understand. Sometimes you gotta fight for your command. Everyone considered him the coward of the Starfleet. (laughs) Oh my god. Bravo. Bravo. Oh my god. Knockout. That's incredible. Look, everybody who's going to follow you, they've got a lot to live up to. (laughs) That that was fantastic. Um, Thank you. I'm I'm touched and honored that you share your talents with us and everybody who listens to this show. So uh, you're, you're getting <laughs> George, mad applause here. Uh, as George so. Carlin once said, these are the thoughts that kept me out of the really good schools. <laughs> so, Heather says, Heather's saying somebody needs to tag Todd. Yes. <laughs> oh, truly. Oh, my. <laughs> truly. Oh, my. I will. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Alan, mm. because we do have a lot of other callers and I'm curious, do you yeah. have I mean, look, I, it, you can't top yourself, but I'm curious if you have any kind of succinct thought here about the episode. And uh... Uh, I'll try to throw in a couple of quick ones. Okay. Um, yeah. Ditto. Ditto with Brandon from earlier about the, the Battlestar situation. Mm. Uh, again, Admiral Dama would not be pleased. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we we should have learned this lesson uh, with Discovery Season 2 finale or the Prodigy finale or the Lower Deck Season 3 finale Yeah, don't yeah. link the ships Yeah, <laughs> but here we are again um, I did I, I did get feelings uh, at the end with, with, the, with the Enterprise D and the crew and everything um, but just to wrap this back up into Shaw, um, just to be a little bit more serious than what I just did. Um, <laughs> if, and this does seem to be like the end of this version or this phase of his storyline, I've read some spoilers that suggest there might be something else. I'm not going to get into that, but yeah. Um, I, I, it's it's kind of hard to to comment. You know, I remember being on the show a couple weeks ago with with Jesse when mm-hmm. when they called in, and clearly, you know, the idea of you know a trans story or a you know a story about uh, identity is you know not necessarily something that I'm personally 
feel qualified to talk about. However, I consider myself an ally, and I think I have space to discuss a story about allyship, which I think is what maybe they were trying to do with Shaw. Mm. For me, I think that if that was the case, uh, the place to do it was five weeks ago. Mm. When she says, Sydney calls me seven because she respects me, maybe that's when he stops calling her uh, handsome. Yeah, yeah. and doesn't- I... I mean, it became very obvious in this episode why he yeah. continued to dead name Seven mm-hmm. when yeah. it was because they they wanted that they scene, and I don't necessarily agree with that either. Yeah, no, I, I it's like, oh well, this is the big dramatic moment. We have to bring right. to the big it was dramatic for the, moment. It was for the drama, but which, think of it uh, this way. She, oh, sorry, but um, he stopped. She says that in episode four. For the next four episodes, it's all right, Commander. Um, yeah, let's let's go talk over here. Uh, what is what is that cute nickname that Picard has? Number one, yeah, come over here, number one. Um, and then at the end in this episode, instead of that very last moment, what if it's uh, Crusher, LaForge, go, Picard, mm-hmm. go. Seven go, and then he gets hit and dies. Yeah, where it's not, I am going to dub you now, seven of nine in my eyes because I have learned this great lesson. It's right. something that he is just internalized, yeah. and something that he's that that just comes out of him spontaneously because that's how he truly feels. Well said. Well so. said. I'm glad 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 that we got to talk about Shaw's death a little bit tonight for yeah. sure. Uh I appreciate the call. My God, your songs. Moving uh, along. <laughs> all right. Moving right we'll, along, everybody. We will see you soon, Alan. Thank I you. I had so to do much. something because I know who's up next. And okay. got, he usually uh he usually he brings, brings so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Have take a good care, one, everybody. We'll see you soon. And yes. uh with that, let's uh, let's bring in Sam. Sam, how you doing tonight? All appropriately TNG style. Yes. Ah, yeah. good old hoodie. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, on your mind? Yeah. There, so there's a lot in this episode, and I think I, I can I can understand that it, it was about fifty fifty for me too, where it was like, mm-hmm. okay, that that doesn't work, that doesn't work, but then. They got me with the they got me with the nostalgia stuff for sure. When they're on the bridge, <laughs> I because I, I teared up when they were in the conference room last week, and then when they're on the bridge this week, it one upped it for me again because I wasn't oh, I wasn't expecting it to see it in such glory. Uh, yeah, especially with the um the new L cars with all like they're all screens and all the different buttons are oh. you know lighting up separately and made it look they much look more realistic. Oh, so good, in, like visceral. Yeah. Um. That was cool. Um, so, I, without going into the negative stuff, I I want to go into the thing that I found. I think I got the most interesting take on that. I do think was kind of new and unique. Was that so? It is the Borg, but I liked. I think this is a new Borg in that they infected this the Federation through cyber warfare instead of violence so that is a totally new way i mean it didn't have to be the borg but either way i i liked that it was it was done in secret like that i was not expecting everyone to have already been pre-assimilated and they just had to be switched on 
right. I, I did not see that coming at all. Um, and I like it. I, I, I thought it was interesting how they did that by just, I mean, it, it didn't have to be changelings, but it was changelings that had some biology that snuck in through all the transporters and they, they kind of like use this new thing of like, okay, transporters, it turns out, uh, has some efficiencies built in and they exploited <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, so all that. And, and, and I, the way you said it before, I think Holly was that it's, it's newly terrifying. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think that the interesting part, even more interesting than just that was the way that it, it, it's only the young people because that has like a whole theme now to it of like if we talk about the deeper meanings like what does it mean that only the youth were corruptible um because that's the take that i saw it's like oh some outside things corrupting the youth and it's the elders who have to come in and save the day and so and when i saw them all like taking over the ship there was a like a part of me even though i'm over 25 so i would be on the elder side but (laughs) there was still a part of me that was like oh these are like the the corrupted Usually when we say corrupted the youth, it means we've actually given them freedom of thought and mm. now they're doing their own thing and they're rebelling. So this was the opposite of that. But there was still that part of me that was like, wait a minute, I kind of was rooting for them <laughs> just because of that dynamic. And I had to remind myself like, no, they're not doing this. It's the opposite of freedom. They have complete, they're just completely drones at that point. But I liked that dynamic. And I just want to bring up, uh, cause I was like trying to figure out what that means. And somebody on the discord said this. Mm-hmm. So I want uh, that, that they thought it was uh, that it was a take that's, that could be taken as, um, uh, it's the it's the mistakes of the elders that have now um, brought this on the youth and taken uh, away their agency and have mm-hmm. basically given them a future that they don't have control and they're just going to be taken over. Um, so you could see it as a comment that way. But I just liked the dynamic of putting the old against the young. I think that was a very interesting theme to put together. That uh, you and I are thinking along similar lines, and I think I'm actually going to save my notes about the moral meaning message for our season recap, because there is something I think very important about the idea that it's the people who are under 25 who are corrupted uh, or endangered and endangering the rest of the crew. And there are so many pointed comments about not just older than 25, but older than 50. And look, Deanna has that great line. So glad to see so many wrinkles, <laughs> you know, like they, they played with this in a very clever way. But I think there are multiple ways to look at maybe an unintended message of that. So I uh, I look forward to coming back to that conversation in a couple of weeks. Um, Sam. Thank you so much. We got three more people lined up who I definitely want to talk to tonight. So uh, I will see you in the Discord, uh, if not before. (laughs) All right. Yep. Sounds good. Thanks for for having me. I'll see you. Take care, man. Be good. All right. Let's jump over to JD, who uh, we got JD, Sheree, and then Rand to uh, wrap things up tonight. So JD, if you are on, what is on your mind tonight? Hello. Uh, Can you hear me okay? We sure can. What's up? Okay. Um, I know it's kind of blasphemy, but <laughs> I can't, my first reaction when they got on the Enterprise D was, okay, this is just gratuitous. Um, I, 
<clears throat> I like all the callbacks. I like the member berries. I like the name drop sometimes, but I don't know if we needed the Enterprise D to be recreated mm. to finish off this season that's supposed to be the end of Yeah, I was like, TNG. it's not just the season, though. It's the series, and it's presumably, I mean, yeah. the No, the that's end. what I mean, is, is this is supposed to be the end of this season, which is also, in turn, supposed to be the end of this show. Yeah. And I don't really know that we needed the ship that this crew started on to be the ship that they ride into the end. I don't, I don't, I know why they did it, but I don't think I felt the way about it that the people making this show were hoping that yeah. I was going to feel. Well, see, J- JD, um, you're, you're tapping into something that is exactly my big question about, a moment like this, which is, yes, I am supposed to feel a certain way about this. And and yes, I did have an emotional reaction to it. And yes, I, I appreciated their reaction, the character's reaction to where they were. I get all of that. And I, I guess in a vacuum, I can appreciate that. But there is also the question about what does this say about Star Trek fandom, Star Trek in general, Star Trek as a place for new and bold storytelling. Because one of my takeaways here, which I'll probably revisit in a couple of weeks, is that this is like gently patting fans on the back who have been fans for 30 years to say, it's okay, it's okay, your enterprise, your enterprise is the good one. And it's still there. And your favorite characters can still revisit it because they appreciate it as much as you do. And I, I, you know, that, that's sort of the, the cynical, like I've been a fan for decades take on it. Whereas there is a part of me that just wants to kind of go along with the flow of the story and appreciate the, the emotion of the moment, you know? So I'm, I'm having very mixed uh, feelings uh, about that because what, what you're talking about is exactly that. It's like this moment that is manufactured, but it has to be that ship and has to be with that crew exactly as they are. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind. No, I got on. What I really appreciated was when Picard made the joke about missing the carpet. <laughs> I yeah, laughed. I did too. Well-placed line. Yes. And I laughed because I, I I sat there and I thought to myself, you know, I think the Enterprise D might be the only ship that we've seen in modern Trek that has carpet. And of course it's because <laughs> the show started in 1987. There was carpet everywhere. Um, but did the Defiant have carpet? I'm not really sure. It, it, it did. Honestly, all yeah. of those ships did and do have carpet. And, and even going back to my beloved uh, refit enterprise, carpet all over the place. Was there because, carpet on that ship too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Part, partly because it makes it really easy to film. Um, you know, the, the bridge of the TOS enterprise covered in carpet. Uh, but later, really? some of the, yeah, some of the later bridges don't have carpet they have a textured flooring on them but they're oh i guess voyager did have a carpet it's gray right yeah Yeah. even the Um, promenade of ds9 has carpet carpet yeah 
Yeah, Ma- but makes I feel like really the promenade of DS9 should actually have more carpet. Like it a should hotel. have shag, baby. Um, yeah. Yes, like, <laughs> like, because you know the fashions on Deep Space Nine are there's there's a certain hotel carpet texture or a uh, uh, spirit to most of the fashions on Deep Space Nine. Yes, so yes. I think that's very fitting. Um, yeah. I. There is one thing about this that I'm not sure of. Um, if it took 900 and some people to run the Enterprise D back then, <laughs> why do we have seven people that are going to run the Enterprise D uh, for this? I'm I'm confused. We're, um, well, because, we've got one more episode to find out. Yeah, yeah. Because I have the same I'm question. like seven and Rafi didn't go over there with them and. Right. Neither did anybody else, so I'm. It will be very interesting to see how some of these people are going to be in six places at once when this battle starts. Because, yeah, I, I I think they might all need synth body uh, counterparts um, <laughs> because we're going to need like three Jordies to run engineering. Uh, we're going to need three Crushers to run medical so yeah um <laughs> it, it, it's it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a challenge by the way uh th- there was mention of drones and uh there there were uh yeah uh, somebody alan is mentioning that in chat also alan says about ds9 uh that ds9 has bus seat textiles and he's absolutely <laughs> correct yes. on that so uh yeah jd thank you very much for calling in tonight i hate to cut it short i hope you will call us again sometime we've got two more callers and we're running a bit late definitely you know to them most weeks i do intend to call and then my attention deficit disorder gets the best of me and at 11 o'clock uh eastern time i look at the clock i'm like damn it i missed the show again (laughs) well you're um, welcome anytime that you'd like to join us yeah thanks uh thanks for having me on and all right the conversation is always a joy to listen to I appreciate that greatly. Thank you, LLNP, and we will see you again soon, okay? Good night, everybody. Good night. All right. Let us talk to Cherie, our our penultimate. Which which bridge is this? (laughs) (laughs) So many angles. So Sheree, welcome as our penultimate caller. Uh, That makes JD our anti-penultimate caller. We didn't call him out on that, but good to know that that that's what he was. Sheree, what is on your mind tonight, my friend? Well, I want to start off with, I I agree with, I think it was Cosmo. I must be a simple Mm -hmm. person. I'm just loving it. I I love this season, but am I still going to make fun of stuff that doesn't make sense? Yes, I am. I'm going to do that because that's part of the fun, but I'm having a great time. I, I, I love, I love nostalgia and yeah, I, I did miss the carpet. (laughs) Good. Although I did also notice that they can't fully turn on the lights, even on the enterprise D like it was just like a little dimmer, like in some of the episodes where they had to like dim the lights. See, <laughs> I, I like, like that. I like yeah. that. To me, it, it just it. It made. It. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it made to me. It I makes, hate how dark it all is. 
it makes the D look more cinematic, a little more mechanical and real as opposed to what was shot. Cause like on TV back in the eighties and nineties, you had to do quick setups and basically everything had to be lit the same. So I, I love that they just took a little time here and, did that slow light up with the panels? Ah, uh, but uh, I, I yeah. grew up with that. That's if I had, if I was a millionaire, yes, the Enterprise D, the original Enterprise D, would be my living room. I and I've actually had articles you. where people have done that. But that's yes. that's all I want. I just want to live on the Enterprise D. That's all I, I want. want that, I want that for you. We we will manifest <laughs> that together. I want that for you in your life. Yes. What else uh, is uh, tonight? I I did want to say in response. You, when um, he was asking how, how only those few people could run the ship, it just mm. reminds me of that episode where Beverly, like, where she, the slowly people are disappearing and oh, she yes. ends up on the ship by herself. Yeah. Um, yes. And I'm like, it's just that episode. It's well, like, I mean, you to only be, need Beverly to run the ship. To yeah, be exactly. fair, though, like, uh, this was, this is a ship that had families on it, too. So, you know, there's like, what, you know, 900 or whatever people are on it. Um, mm-hmm. but th- I mean, a lot of the, they're not all officers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got, you, right. got you can have a skeleton crew, but how skeleton, I guess we're going to find out. You got kids, you got puppies, uh, You've maybe Livingston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Livingston. Maybe look, maybe cetacean ops, uh, maybe they're back. Mm-hmm. We just know we, we haven't seen them yet. So yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't, we don't know. We don't right. know who's all on that ship. <laughs> they could still, dolphins could still be there. Yeah. They could. Jordy's been visiting them. He's been feeding them fish. <laughs> I hope so. Somebody did. It. Oh, but, but not lionfish. Yeah. Not Livingston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. No. Yeah. yeah. Not that. Um, I also just wanted to throw in it's very on brand for Star Trek for the transport device to cause the apocalypse. Always. Always. I had that thought, too. I was like, it's always... Mm-hmm. How much did Roe know, though? Because remember, Roe didn't want to use the transporter. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions about... Except that she was old enough where it wouldn't have mattered, but maybe she didn't know. Maybe but did she, she know seen, that? Like, yeah, she right. might have just seen that it was something to do with the transporter, and she's like, uh... Yeah, transporter's <laughs> always, always a problem. Yeah, yeah. Barkley was right. He was right yeah. along. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, Barkley so would have been so good in this season, too. Like, he would have been... I am vindicated yep yep. (laughs) okay but here's the thing i wonder uh so they they changed that sort of like saved baseline code in the transporters but there were enough people like roe had to have an inkling okay i'm not going to get in the transporter it's not safe when did she start not trusting the transporter and were there changelings like could the changelings go through the transporter and they would not be affected because the whole gimmick is that the changelings could pass for a human no matter what so were were they okay going through the transporter and just not affected by that new code yeah you know all right were were they the ones who made Yeah, I, I did this did make me wonder like can mm-hmm. changelings even be assimilated? We've never had a precedent for right. that. We don't know. That's a scary idea. Yeah. That would be scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we maybe we'll find out next week. I don't know. <laughs> right. uh, I don't oh, go I, ahead. I yeah. don't know. I don't I don't think that that would work. Yeah. But it, it's all fictional. What do I know? <laughs> 
<laughs> right. I do think the, the the Borg are now ageist, though. They're like, ooh, we don't want to catch wrinkles. Mm. I know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Although they immediately, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, close-up of the makeup that um, uh, Mika, LeVar Burton's daughter, yeah. posted, and it looks so cool because it's partly that necrotic look with the, the veins and stuff, but then you see mm-hmm. the circuit board sort of lightly on the skin it's very very cool um i didn't yeah. see the circuit board so i'll have to look back at the yeah yeah take take a look the, again and it's just very light like airbrushed in there very cool looking interesting yeah That's all right Tree, uh if you got uh one more thought and then we'll uh we'll jump over to rand and uh wrap this up i will say that um like this is in reference to previous episode but it still doesn't make sense to me why Section 31 would just be like, let's make, the, let's like adapt the changelings into like being even scarier. And they'll love us, right? Like, you know, we've we just tortured them. Like, why wouldn't they want to work for us? They'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah, there's a bit- yeah, there's a bit of hubris there that, you know, you kind of hope that this is actually the end of Section 31. It's like, 31, I wish they maybe. would just have gone into that plan, though, because like, yeah, Section 31 is supposed to be bad, but not stupid it depends on who you get that day yes all right well sheree thank you so much for the call and we will look forward to talking to you again all right thank you take care till next time all right wrapping it up tonight and thank you everybody who stuck around a little later than usual but i mean so many good calls yeah how could we not so uh welcome to the show rand rand how you doing friend bad how you doing Good, good, good. good. Thank you for staying on to, to, to listen to my musings here. Hey, and, you uh, are the ultimate you. caller tonight. I am so, the uh, ultimate. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> how are you going to wrap up our show tonight? <laughs> uh, my, 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 the one thing that really stuck in my craw, could they not get Dr. Crusher a chair on the bridge? <laughs> like she, She's hanging out Come back on. there at Tactical. And part of me is like, that was kind of rude. But part of me was like, Maybe she's ready for tactical now because, you know, she's had this mm. experience where she's kind of like, wharf, you know, budge up. Let me let me get in there. I mean, look, this is for sure that next week we will not just be seeing Beverly in sick bay just waiting for people to come in. She is going to be kick ass Rambo Beverly. Yeah, I'm, I'm here for it for sure. Yeah. And, I, and I'm a, I'm a total sucker for all of the, the fan service stuff. And I, and I always have been. I, I will apologize for anything that holes <laughs> anything, right? I love that. So like when the, when the crew got back on the bridge, like I, you know, I, I, I actively avoided spoilers and I heard everyone saying, I'm not going to spoil, but it's going to be amazing what you're going to see. And I was there for it. And I, you know, I'm, I'm yeah, tears rolling down my eyes and like, looking over at my wife and stuff. And, and, um, and as excited as I was for, the crew to get back on the bridge. I was also super excited for the cast to get back on the bridge. And I, I want to mm. see that behind the scenes of the principal players from TNG, like rediscovering the bridge and getting back into that group for the first time. I'm, I'm hoping that comes out on the DVD or yeah. some special materials. I really want to see that. There's been a lot thing. of good pictures going around yeah. lately, like uh, Doug and Mike and Denise and uh, Will Wheaton and a and handful of other people. Franks like, went over because he was shooting something else when they had like yeah. just finished it. So he ran over. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. cool. And hopefully we will get more of that. Yeah. The only thing I'll, I'll close with is uh, 
is is I, I would have accepted because you know it's it's a new crew. It's you know it's Picard's new body, the new data mm-hmm. body, you know, and and I feel, you know, Wesley was slightly absent in there, and Will Wheaton has talked about it in the ready room of of yeah. having that sibling rivalry. I I would have accepted Jack Crusher coming in and sitting at the at Wesley Station and having Picard be like, you know what, shut up, Jack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we think we were missing yeah uh i yeah you know what i'm glad that you brought that up because i i have felt like wesley has gotten a bit of short shrift in this whole thing and that's yeah. unfortunate because you know he had his moment in last season but for for him to be just like the entire center of the story on this other guy who replaces the son of beverly crusher feels strange it feels a bit odd to me mm-hmm. yeah uh, all right well who knows hey, hey they still have well, yeah people in the chat are like yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah right right we still have another week yeah uh rand anything else tonight or uh we're gonna see you again sometime. no let's, let's let's all go get to bed here that's on the east coast all right man get to bed and we will see you soon take care have a good night good night thanks all right holly thanks so much we did it we did the penultimate episode and i look forward to you and norm on the ultimate episode i'm gonna cry again it's gonna i know you will you better record it and post uh post reaction i don't know if i have enough space on my phone to record 40 minutes again get get rid of uh, you can make room get rid of stuff you don't need yeah Yeah. figure it out all right doing that today Okay. Well, with that, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Technical production on Mission Log and Mission Log Live by the intractable Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from Roddenberry Podcast. If you'd like to support Mission Log directly, give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log. Special thanks to Holly, who is fantastic here on Mission Log Live. Thank you to everyone who joined us live or later. We look forward to reviewing the final episode of Star Trek Picard with Holly and Norm on Mission Log Live next week. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.